Hey everyone, just wanted to start out this episode by letting you know that there were some audio issues at the end of this recording. Unfortunately, Bill's audio did cut out after around 50 minutes, so we do apologize for that. We do hope that you still enjoy the rest of this episode. It was such a fun collaboration that we had with them, and we do apologize for this, but regardless of that, it's still a great episode and we hope that you enjoy it. And welcome back to 90s Noise. This is Ashley, born 1988. I'm April, born 1991. Right. We are here with another episode of 90s Noise, and we've got some guests today. Let's go ahead and have you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, yeah, Bill Bant with the All 80s Movies Podcast. And I'm Jason Masick with the All 80s Movies Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a 80s classic movie, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from 1989. But before we get started, Jason, Bill, give us a little rundown on your guys' podcast. You guys discuss mostly just plain 80s movies, which is great. We love the 80s also. Well, go ahead. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having us. Uh, again, we are Jason and Bill, or Bill and Jason, from the All 80s Movies podcast. And yes, we do plain 80s, as April put it. <laughs> it is it. That's as simple as it gets. Um, I can tell you that we yeah, cover all the films from the what we perceive as the freshest decades in cinema, and that's the 1980s. Uh, we go one movie per week. We cover everything from the blockbusters to the flops to everything in between. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as a little bit more niche, or our, we have our little niche, if you will, because we don't, like I said, just cover the blockbusters. We do um, the cult classics as well. We try to find the smaller films in the 80s that people have nostalgic attachments to. And that's really uh, what our podcast is about. As uh, uh, you are about here at 90s Noise, and that's what you're making noise about. I mean, it's really about the great memories and um, the history that we have in common with these uh, great times. And when we cover these 80s films, it's really about, you know, who we were with, where we were, and uh, just the feelings and the thoughts we had, not just of that time when we saw the film, but then, of course, you know, what our perspective is now on all of it as adults. And it's really about having fun. And uh, we hope to inspire our listeners to go back and revisit these movies, especially if they have never seen them before and share their thoughts and share these films with uh, friends and loved ones and everyone. And, and then we can all kind of engage in a fun discussion about a great decade. So I don't know. Did, what did I leave out, Bill? Uh, you can find us on all 80s movies, podcast.com, um, Twitter, uh, podcast, all 80s. Uh, we're on Facebook and TikTok at all 80s movies podcast. And you can find us any streaming platform. We're all on all the major ones. Perfect. Awesome. I'm, I'm throwing some 80s here. 80s here. Yeah. I got my yeah. camera. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's not like, what we're yeah. talking about or anything, but I thought okay. I'd throw that in there. Still. 
I am an 80s baby, so I love awesome. all things from the 80s. I kind of became obsessed with the 80s later in life. I I didn't watch this movie growing up, but sort of became fascinated with it later on. And obviously with Keanu in it, it kind of made me want to watch it even more. So that's kind of my connection with this movie for sure. Yeah, me, I'm... I didn't get the chance to grow up in the 80s at all. I, I was 90, 1991, but uh, I have two older brothers who were both mid to late 80s. And so a lot of my childhood was 80s based because of them. And I do remember them watching this. And if I remember correctly, I was shooed out of the room because it was, hey, this isn't appropriate for you. Um, but then rewatching it in preparation kind of brought back some of those memories. And uh, of course, love Keanu and just fun aspect of this movie and the history too. Like I, I enjoyed the history mm -hmm. a lot. So mm -hmm. that was, that was fun to get to watch their portrayals and everything. So I got a question for you guys. What did you guys watch this drink when it came out originally? Was it one that you guys went and saw in theaters? Yeah, 100%. I have a very, very specific story, a very specific attachment to this particular film. I'm so happy that you chose it uh, because this was my first date. This was my first date. Oh. In wow. high school, that's right. I was 15 years old. I was a sophomore at Antioch High School in Illinois. And I went on my first date with Nikki Chorus. She was a little bit older. I, I do prefer the older ladies. I always have. That's not true. I'm just saying that for a dramatic effect. Anywho, she was 16. She was the manager of the tennis team, and I was a tennis player. And boy, she was cute with the curly brown hair and just super, super kind. Really, really nice. And she drove. She had to drive. I did not have my driver's license. So at first, there was a feeling of uh, emasculation, I guess, because she had to drive. But, uh, you know, I was like, still felt like I was cool. I was dating an older girl in high school. And I was excited. So our first date was to go to, if I'm not mistaken, I hope if Nikki, if you're out there, please correct me uh, some way, somehow. But I believe we, we most likely went to the Lakehurst Cinemas at the Lakehurst Mall, which was a local mall in our uh, near our, my small town that I grew up in, in Lindenhurst, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. And uh, yeah, we went to see this movie. And it, so this was released in February of 1989, a great year for movies, by the way. And... We probably saw it a little bit after that, after that month of February, but uh, it was still in theaters, obviously, and had a great time at the theater. And then she drove me home, and I never will forget sitting in my driveway in Lindenhurst, Illinois, so nervous at the end of that date because I was like, thank you for a good time. Thank you for, uh, it was a great movie. Uh, 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 thank you for driving. Um, I guess I'll see you soon. And I was opening the door to get out and she just looked at me and said, aren't you gonna kiss me? And I said, uh, do you want me to? <laughs> and she said, I wouldn't have asked you if I didn't want you to. And so it was not only my first date, it was my first kiss. And that's my Aww. serious 
an amazing and romantic connection to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Turned out to be an excellent adventure for myself. <laughs> yes. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for bearing with me through that long-winded story. But yes, I have a very real attachment to uh, seeing this theater in the uh, seeing this theater seeing this movie in the theater for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you expect me to top that story, Jason? That's awesome! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble right now. Thanks yeah. for coming, Bill. Later. <laughs> um, well, this is funny for me because when you gave us a couple of movies to pick, and this was on the list, you know, I was in high school also when this movie came out, and I remember so many friends in high school telling me how much they love this movie. But I didn't. Go, I didn't see it in the theater. I I eventually rented it, and I watched it, and I just didn't get it. It just didn't do it for me. I actually preferred at the time the sequel, the Bogus Journey. So I have not seen this movie since I saw it that first time when I rented it. So when I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna come on this movie and say how much I don't like it," but I actually watched it again last night with my <laughs> daughter who's 11. And I have to admit, the whole movie put a huge smile on my face. I was like, okay, now I get it. I totally did not understand this when I was a kid. But the funny thing is, too, like five minutes into the movie, my daughter goes, are they going to talk like this the whole time? With the dudes (laughs) and the excellent and the bogus? And I was like, yes, this is how it goes. She's like, oh, I don't know if I can handle this. I'm like, well, let's just see how it goes. But she enjoyed it also. But I think that's what it was, too. It was such a different, for me, how I was as a teenager compared to what Bill and Ted was, it was too much, it was too much of an exaggeration. I was like, I'm not that standing what they were going through. You know, I was more of top of the class. I didn't talk like that. So it was, in a way, it was almost kind of irritating to me. And, and Jason knows too, when we talk about movies with characters that are like that, I, I tend not to identify with them that much. So I don't understand their journey as much but for some reason this time i was like oh man yeah i totally been missing out i i did not get it back then but now i was like oh good i'm glad i'm glad we were forced to rewatch this because i know jason has asked me a ton of times to do this movie for our podcast so i'm just kind of like no that's okay i'll just deflect it for now but um i'm glad <laughs> and like i said it's, it is all about perspective and when you watch it and when you see it and this is a prime example of it. And there is a bunch of movies I can list. The first time, I did not like it at all. And the second time I watched it, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I get it. And and this is now, I can now put this one on the list. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great. You know, I wanted to jump in real quick and just say, yeah, just to piggyback off what Bill was saying, because we talk about the then and the now, right? That's a big part of why we, we do this podcast or our podcasts. And... I was afraid rewatching it today because I have see now my opinion is biased, of course, because of the nostalgic attachment and as I mentioned, a romantic attachment. So I'm watching it today going, oh, my gosh, I'm worried that this won't hold up. There's this inherent fear that comes along with it. Like, I don't want almost want to revisit it because I don't want it to tarnish my my uh, warm memories, these things that I hold dear and that it just would come off supremely dated. But that's part of the fun, I think. And uh, I, I, yeah, just revisiting it again uh, was an absolute blast. And I'm, I'm I don't spoiler alert. I still love it. Still love it. So I know we'll get into the details. <laughs> uh, but again, just uh, yeah, just thanks for choosing this this movie, guys. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. I I definitely do understand, Bill, where you're coming from on that, because 
I think when I'd mm-hmm. seen some of the clips growing up, I was kind of the same way. I was like, okay, I just don't understand this. This is a little too exaggerated for me. Then rewatching it this last week to prepare, I was like, you know, the over-exaggeration is kind of fun. It, it adds like a different flair to it that as an adult, you kind of look back and you're like, okay, I, I like that. It's It gives you more of a, I don't know, it just kind of puts another spin on it to me personally. Because I, I am one, Ashley knows this, I'm my childhood growing up is very much more of a boy childhood, I guess, because of my older brothers. Um, and so, like, the different movies I watched were much more of the ones related to guys and boys because I had to go along with my brothers. And so I got some of that early on. And even then I was kind of like, and eh, this over-exaggeration is a little too much for me. But now re-watching some of those different things such as this, it just, it's one of those you just laugh at, you you enjoy. And it, it kind of makes you feel all fuzzy and fun inside. So Could have said it better. I, you know, yeah. Go ahead, Bill. I'm the oldest of three. So if my brother and sister went to watch TV, it was, yeah, whatever I'm watching. And my brother will still say today some of the things that he's influenced is because it's like, yeah, you forced me to watch this stuff over and over again. And I'm still <laughs> stuck being a fan of it. So I, I totally get it with that. And having two older brothers, uh, yeah, that, that must have been tough. It's probably a lot of sports and movies that... Nothing, nothing in your wheelhouse at the time. Really not. Like I definitely have a lot more of a connection to more of the boy geared '90s things than the female geared stuff. Like I didn't do a lot of Barbies and different things like that because it wasn't cool to my brothers. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess with it because I wanted to. They. I wanted them to approve of what I did and everything and. So there was wrestling and sports and all that, all that fun jazz. Oh, that's amazing. It's a great story. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, we talk about perspective and this movie comes out in 1989. Uh, Bill and I were in high school and now I had a younger sister, but I, I just was already a huge fan of film and I already probably had an inkling of where... I wanted to go. I mean, uh, there were so many things that I wanted to be when I was growing up. And I was like, well, how can I be all those things? Well, I could be an actor. And then I was falling in love with films. I was falling in love with orchestral soundtracks. I bought the soundtrack to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know, the music, which you barely hear, is composed by the great David Newman. But there's a great track listing by some great, you know, uh, kind of I don't know how you would categorize them, but names or band names you might not recognize, but that it's still, it's great music. And so I was a collector of those soundtracks, but I was already, you know, looking ahead to, you know, what's, what's life like in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, in California? And this film comes out, and I think Bill and April, you know, we've been alluding to the fact that a concern before watching the movie is, are these characters simply caricatures? Is it too much of an exaggeration? And what I would tell people, if you haven't seen the film, and those that are fans will already understand that the movie is really has heart. So that's it's about the heart. It's the good intentions. It's the good message. And it's almost 
uh, really wholesome in, in that way. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, it comes down to entertainment and does it succeed in entertaining. Uh, but yeah, I, it's nice that we're doing this with you guys too, because there's some crossover here. Obviously, Bill and I are, you know, uh, a decade and a half older than you. You know, we go back a little ways, but you know, the '90s were extremely influential. And I understand you both are in Central Florida. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So Bill and I, guess where we were from '91 to '95 or thereabouts? Down here. Ooh. We were at, attending the University of Miami, the U. That's where we went okay. to film school. So we share we share oh, a little bit awesome. of, uh, yeah, Florida there in, in common, especially in the early 90s. Yeah, that's how we met. I was doing my first film for school, and I needed an actor. And I had a friend that said, oh, I, I have a, a sweet mate, and he's in the acting program. Uh, maybe you can use him. And, yeah, that's how Jason met. And Jason was in my first student film all those many years wow. ago. Oh, God, it might be the 30th anniversary of that movie now that I think about it. <laughs> we should do a pod, like a separate podcast just on that film, you know, as yes. for the anniversary. We could do a special re-release, I guess. Absolutely. It's like, where can we find that? Because yeah. we, I mean, we're all about that for sure. Oh, this is so sad. I think I, I think I still have it on like VHS and that's, and that's it. That might be the only couple I have. I have to transfer it to digital. Yeah, we should turn it over to these two because uh, that does qualify as a 90s film, right? Technically. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, you guys talk, you guys are now both in California. Are you guys still doing um, in the movie industry, doing things in L.A. or films or acting or anything of that sort? Yeah, Jason and I are, are part of a small uh, production company called uh, Waterwell Pictures, and we've done a bunch of short films, um, but really things shut down during the pandemic. So it was impossible to get anything started up again, and we just wanted to do creative. Jason and I and our other partner, Marwan Abderazak, we would meet weekly. In the first maybe hour and a half, we would talk about our pro upcoming projects. And then the next two hours, we would talk about all the movies that we had watched throughout the week. And that's when I went to Jason. I'm like, hey, do you feel like doing a podcast? Because basically, it's just what we're doing anyway. And we're sitting over dinner anyway, just talking about movies. And I wanted to go niche and do 80s. And luckily, Jason was on board. And you know, we're in, now into season three on this. So... I mean, hopefully we're going to get back into uh, the production stage. Our, our our other partner, Marwan, he's been doing stuff while we've been doing the podcast. So we're really just trying to look for that one project again to get us all back on board and, and start up. Incredible. That was, that was something growing up I always was interested in. I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas. And so right. it was one of those things where I did go to – um, school for like two semesters to do film but at that time I was also doing uh, tour managing for a band so I was kind of I missed a lot of school for that and film was always a big thing and that's why like Ashley and I when we started to talk about doing our podcast I was like okay but you do understand we're gonna have a lot of episodes like involving movies right because that is a big a big aspect of my childhood and something that i'm very passionate about myself it's always nice to talk to people who 
were able to make it through into that industry also. Yeah, I was going to ask you both a little bit about uh, your history. Uh, what were you going to say, Bill? No, just that you eventually have an independent movie that's coming out sometime. We have no idea, but you did choose something <laughs> recently, and there's still yes, in yeah. post-production. So, right, uh, you know, we've been kind of in a hiatus as far as Waterwheel Pictures goes, but we still have uh, some planned projects. And uh, Bill is a very talented writer. Uh, I've gotten into some writing myself, um, uh, screenwriting, that is. And, uh, you know, I took a break from the acting for a bit, uh, just trying to come up with our own projects and make our own uh, content and for me to act in as well. But... Uh, I got lucky. I caught a little break uh, mid last year where a um, there's a school in San Diego. It's called John Paul the Great uh, Christian University, if I hope I'm saying that right. And uh, they are excellent. It's a smaller film school. Well, they, they do other things and uh, they obviously have other courses, but uh, one of their main focuses is film. And now every year they fund their own feature film project. And this was the inaugural uh, project this past year, 2022, and uh, they did a film called O oh, Brawling Love. That's O oh, Brawling Love. Not doesn't roll off the tongue necessarily, but it's a unique title at least. And uh, I landed a supporting role in it because of a friend of a friend, and it was just a really really fun project to work on. An excellent crew, but one of the most professional sets I've ever been on, and it was 99% students. Uh, and uh, the director, Maggie, she was a graduate. And anyway, it was a great project. So I was fortunate. That just really reinvigorated me to uh, get back into the acting game, if you will. So that's that's where I'm at. But um, yeah, when you talk about, you know, how Bill mentioned how our podcast kind of came about, I wanted to know a little bit more about how yours came together, because I think I heard that you both, Ashley, maybe you could answer this. Did You met at a concert in 2018 so that's only what four years ago four or five years ago yeah i think it was was it 2019 2019 yeah wow okay yeah. so yeah four years yeah ago. we met at a concert yeah. <laughs> yeah and so what was the conversation what happened then that in what was the impetus where you just both were like are we best friends and should we do, <laughs> let, let's do a podcast like it seems like uh how did that all come about I think so. I mean, I think just uh, we had a big similarity in our upbringing with like Disney and stuff. And we just started spouting off random things. And we're like, wait, you know that? And you know, like, and then it just, we just became I, that night at the concert, we're like exchanging numbers and everything. And it's just sort of blossomed from there as far as, all right, let's go to Disney together. Let's, let's go out and do this and let's go to this concert. And and then it kind of fizzled out because then you moved away, April, so you weren't nearby, but we still stayed connected. And I don't know. And then we just kept kind of coming back to all these connections that we had growing up that we were like, well, why don't we just put this into a podcast and let's just keep having these conversations and let's relive our our childhood again. So, I, yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I love it because, you, yeah, your relationship is still kind of young compared to Bill and I that have been friends for almost put going on 30 years and that you found a connection and now you're putting a real voice to it and putting it out there is pretty cool. And we had, we were doing a different podcast last weekend where we were talking about the relationships that this, the podcasting 
uh, creates. I know I've become closer to Bill. Uh, I'm, I might be just speaking my, for myself here. I don't know how Bill feels, but uh, uh, I feel like we've gotten closer <laughs> doing this pod, and I hope uh, you guys continue to uh, to build on the friendship through this kind of cathartic process in a way, you know, like of uh, just talking about your mm-hmm. history in the 90s and, yeah, building your connection together. All right. I, I have to ask on this one. Going back to the movie, Bill and Ted, I know we kind of, we do this all the time. We kind of get into other topics and everything, but bringing it back to Bill and Ted. Now, watching the movie, which character do you guys gravitate towards more? Is it Bill? Is it Ted? Or is it one of the other characters? That's a good question. Well, I think just because Keanu Reeves became so big after the movie, and we constantly see have seen Keanu Reeves... Uh, evolution as an actor i mean now he's one of the biggest names one of the most popular names you hear so many great stories about just what a great human being he is um Mm -hmm. i think it's always fun to go back and see where they started and so i think just watching him in such an early role not necessarily identified him but i was just more, more curious watching him to see it's like wow Here's a guy who's Ted, and now mm-hmm. John Wick is one of the biggest action film franchises of all time, and God knows how many movies <laughs> right. that's going to run. To see that, and just uh, I, I always joke like if I go see a Keanu Reeves movie in the theater, it's the one that bombs. I always seem to see the wrong ones. Like I saw Johnny Mnemonic in the theater, but I missed Speed. <laughs> so it's I always just wait for everything just to come on video because I feel like if I go see his movie in the theater, it's oh. it's going to jinx it yeah i think i just watching keanu in his early (laughs) roles i think was kind of fascinating going back and watch this yeah it's a great question by the way because obviously as we're talking about i I was in high school when this came out so i mean this is a completely relatable film when the two stars the two protagonists are in high school and they're pursuing their passion right they're trying to become musicians they want to be the wild stallions which by the way i love the fact that they they put the y in wild and the y in stallions and every time i look at stallions it just i just see stall lens but uh, <laughs> that's how I was in high school as well, where I knew I was had this budding passion for the arts, mainly acting in film and theater, because in high school I was in theater as well and, and band, and I had these extracurricular activities that I was um, busy with that could very well be distractions from my studies. There were very specific times when my studies suffered because of the extracurriculars, specifically uh, an English class, an excellent English class I was in, talking about film and talking about archetypes in film. And I remember the professor saying, hey, Jason, you turned in this project and I had high hopes for you, but you've been dropping off as of late. And it was because of my extracurriculars. But uh, that's a little bit besides the point. The character I relate to, I think, uh, you know, between the t- the two uh, would have to be Bill. It's interesting re-watching this movie today to see that there is a subtle difference between the two. I thought, you know, initially that I was like, okay, are these just caricatures of people because of the uh, that kind of valley accent or affectation and the usage of dude and excellent and triumphant and awesome and those all those words. And 
but there is a subtle difference I found, which was really cool. It was a cool discovery that it seems as Bill is slightly more grounded and just like slightly and just slightly more practical <laughs> about oh, we got to do this. We have to we got to study. We got to pass this history exam or he tends to drive the ship a little bit more, keep uh, Ted on track a little bit more. And I think that's so that re- I relate to that. A little bit more because that's I had a lot more focus in high school even though I would get distracted so yeah because I had friends also just like Ted that just were kind of out there that were floating around and had a lot of talent and were gifted in different ways but school just wasn't their thing but I loved hanging out with them because they were just so fun loving it out all the time and and uh didn't seem to have a care in the world so I don't yeah, I think I relate to Bill a little bit more. Ashley, what about you? Uh, I, I don't know about relating to anyone. I, I just, I get what you're saying, Jason, about they, they, they are really fun characters. Like they just seem like guys that you would want to hang out with. Um, it does take a little while to get used to their, their lingo and in that respect, but they, and even though they come off across as not super intelligent some of that the some of their vocabulary seems very like much more higher education I'm like what are some of these words like i wouldn't have known some of those words growing up so i i did like how they included that into their characters like they weren't just dumb i don't know really what you want to call them stoners whatever type of character they are but they they were very smart like they they really were they just weren't necessarily great at school did anyone ever do like a history report like that because i thought that was really crazy that they did a performance like that like if i had to do that in school i would have failed like i would not have been able to do a report like that at all i think the closest for we never had to do anything in an auditorium like that that's for sure and uh, i think in the original script <laughs> it it was presented in front of the classroom but you know it's a movie let's make it crazy and do it in front of a mm. theater but i do remember in one of my classes i had to do a we had to pick a musical act or an artist and do a presentation in front like that and i remember picking the rolling stones and one of the things that I kind of did different was I literally had music playing throughout my presentation of the Stones because people would like talk about it, then play a song, then talk about it, play a song. But I I was playing music the whole time because I love movies. So it's just like this is the soundtrack to my presentation. And that's what I kind of did different. That was unique to what everybody else was doing. But it, yeah, it's still so nerve wracking. And you know, I was thinking about that watching the movie and watching the presentation thinking to myself, if I'm in the audience and I'm watching this, this is really cool. But I'm thinking, oh, where do they get these actors? This is amazing. They got all these people to come in and play these roles, not realizing they got the real people there. This is great. You're hearing it from the source. So that that was amazing. I'm like, when would it ever dawn on them that, holy crap, Abraham Lincoln was actually talking in front of us or Genghis Khan was actually doing a fighting demonstration in front of us. They probably never got that. And that just kind of kind of a bummer in a sense yeah oh man that is that's so great i have a very specific story related it's funny i i didn't even realize the influence that bill and ted's excellent adventure had on me apparently uh either consciously or unconsciously but um 
when I was speaking of that English class where I had gotten distracted, uh, I had done a video presentation to mix things up a little bit. I had made a montage from the original Star Wars films to uh, point out the usage of archetypes within the story and how George Lucas used them. Because in the, our English class, I believe we were talking a, a little bit about Joseph Campbell and maybe a little bit of Carl Jung, but uh, Joseph Campbell, again, and, and speaking of mythology and the usage of archetypes. So we, I was just so engrossed by film, so passionate about movies and just movies in general that I wanted to bring that in to the classroom. And so it became about visual representation instead of, yeah, just standing in front of the class and speaking. So we did, I did that video presentation, but then later on, the theatrical presentation. Oh, now I'm, I'm blanking on what this, I had a whole story of, uh, oh, so in my, it was my senior year and it was so boring. I think it was a different English class and we were talking about uh, the adventures of Huck Finn, speaking of, of adventures. And I asked the teacher, can I do a video presentation instead of a like book report? So we literally ran out, my friends and I that were in the class together, we ran out with a video camera and did Huck Finn 1991. That was the title of it. As if Huck, what would Huck Finn be like in the present day? That being 1991 at the time. And that was the whole story. And I think, of course, I had to be the, you know, the titular character. I had to be Huck Finn, but I had my buddy play Tom Sawyer. And we were kind of reenacting the events of the book, but in 1991 time. Uh, so... There you go. And then we, yeah, we did it. And that started a trend. The classes after that, uh, Bill and I have a mutual friend, Chris, who was a year behind me, also attended the same high school and did his video presentation kind of in the same vein. So, but yeah, do you guys, I know we'll jump around in the film a little bit in discussion, which is great. Like just, we can talk about all of it at different points, but that oral presentation, I understand, you know, I, I don't have the fear of public speaking, but can you imagine being in high school, in front of an entire auditorium filled with the whole school, basically doing a, an oral presentation for your history class. Like, when does that ever happen? But I was like, oh, my God, I would <laughs> that would freak me out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was that's I wasn't ever really too bad at public speaking myself or anything. But even just watching that scene, it kind of gave me some, some public speaking anxiety. <laughs> even just watching it on screen, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, that is very intimidating. And also just having all those people on the stage with you and having to kind of lead what they're about to do. Because, like, obviously some of them didn't speak English. That was very insane. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think what makes intimidating about that project, too, is not only do they have to spout facts about historical figures, part of the project was, what would those figures think of modern-day San Dimas? Which, you know, makes the mall scene so funny, because Bill and Ted drop off all these historical figures at the mall so they can absorb what present-day life is and then come back and, and pick them up and then have them talk about almost they're making them do all presentations also on top of <laughs> all right this do. is socrates or socrates and this is what he was about and let's talk <laughs> about what he thinks about modern day san dimas so 
there's there's a a lot of moving parts that they had to do to really get this presentation off the ground. Um, and yeah, of course, you know, modern day me think is like, well, how do they how do they set all this up? Are they were they talking about this while they're shooting through on in in the foam you know the phone booth? Right. Like, okay, you're gonna stand up here. <laughs> you're gonna go first. You're gonna go second. It's just it just happens, but it's. And it feels so organic, and it works, and you just love it. You don't think about that stuff mm-hmm. until it's over. But, you know, when you're doing a podcast and, and the movies are like, yeah, how the hell did they pull that off? That's amazing. They got all the lights ready. And, <laughs> you know, Billy, you're going to introduce us, and we're going to come out. And it's everything's just working great, and the crowd's just into it. And, yeah, it's, oh it's, a, it's a great ending to how it all comes about. So I have to ask... I know, Bill, you said you saw the sequel. Jason, did you, after loving the first one, did you go and see the second one as well? I did. I did. And I, I remember enjoying it. And I would rewatch that on VHS and uh, cable whenever it was on. Uh, I think my, my true love is still with the first film. And can't remember too much from the sequel. I know I would remember more as I would rewatch it. You know, I was actually listening to a great podcast with Alex Winter, who plays Bill S. Preston Esquire in this film, uh, just yesterday, talking about the third film, which was just recently released, you know, Bill and Ted Face the Music, which I still have not seen. Yeah. I don't know if any of you have seen it. I'm embarrassed to say I have not seen it. Really? I saw it. Yeah. I haven't seen it myself, but after watching this one... I'm probably within the next week or so going to be watching the second and the third because I'm I'm intrigued now. It, it's it's caught me. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I just recently bought like the three pack, and you know to watch it for this. And now watching oh, cool. the first one and enjoying it so much, I'm almost afraid now to watch the second one because I'd like that one better just because of William Sadler's role as the Grim Reaper. He's just hilarious. He he kind of steals the movie. But now mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. I have to watch the second one. Hopefully, I still like it. And then, yeah, I'll eventually get to the third one, too. But it's like now I at least have it at home to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed both sequels, but it is hard to, I feel, sometimes carry a movie. It's been, what, how many years since the first one that they did, you know, this newer one in 2020? And it's not the same. It's definitely, it was very different. Um, It doesn't, to me, it didn't have the same appeal that the first one did. But I mean, again, you're you're talking about adult Bill and Ted now, so it's a little bit hard some harder sometimes to translate that. I didn't they say they were gonna be doing like a fourth one too? Like, where's I thought I read somewhere that they might be talking about that. But yeah, I wouldn't that be wouldn't surprised surprise me with how many John Newicks he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, all about the sequels. Yeah, it was funny because when I was looking at the films of 1989, so many of the big hits were sequels. And then, of course, Bill and Ted's gets its own sequel, you know, in the early 90s. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the first one, though, I think really it, it's one of those movies that captures lightning in a bottle. It, it's just so specific to this specific area where you go to kids. You know, you can see that in the research where when they were trying to distribute the film, the issue was with some of the people that because the original distributors went bankrupt and then they got you know some of those people went to a different company and then they're distributing they're trying to they're going how are we going to sell this thing do people do kids really talk like this do can anybody relate to this and it's just so specific but they did capture lightning in a bottle and i think what works about the movie in general 
is that just go with it factor, the suspension of disbelief. I like the way that the beginning of the film, it right away gets you into the whole time travel aspect of it. It's like, oh, it's going to be this kind mm -hmm. of movie. Okay, I better, you know, uh, settle in for this kind of movie and already have the uh, mindset for this kind of thing. It's going to be a little over the top, but uh, it's going to be a wild ride. Uh, and that's there's a charm to it. I think that's the word. I was like, there's a certain charm that the first one captures mm -hmm. and portrays that it's hard to recapture that, you know. But if it makes money, there's going to be a sequel. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Oh, yeah. And what did you guys think about the use of, at least in this first one, the use of the phone booth as the time travel? Number one, it was it was definitely nostalgic to see the phone booth again and then with the antenna on top the like really <laughs> makeshift antenna that you haven't seen since gosh probably the early 80s so that that was i enjoyed that part too and like them getting everybody in it and then at the one point the phone booth being like on the side while they're traveling and everybody's like sticking up <laughs> through the door because there's so many of them that they just can't all fit regularly with every all the different time travel mechanisms what do you guys think of the phone booth for this movie well it was funny because i think their original idea was to use a car but because of back to the future they didn't want to do it so we're like yeah. oh we'll do a phone booth mm -hmm. well there's a show out there that's oh, wow. been long running so you know you went from one thing to another but yeah. I thought, yeah, it was interesting True. that they used the phone and then you would call, basically call time, uh, which I thought was a neat trick that they used in order to get from one place to another. And, yeah, it really does make this movie a time capsule because I doubt my kids have ever seen a phone booth in person. Um, I was surprised my daughter didn't even ask about it when watching the movie. I think she just she just rolled with it. Yeah. That it was just some kind of time travel device. I don't even know if she realized it was supposed to be a phone booth. But, no, I thought it was a good way. It was just like, hey, if you want to go to the French Revolution, you just call it up and here's your book and that's where you go. So I how they came up with that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, You know, we talked about the oral presentation at the end of the film, which is the big climax, and it's great in its like bill was touching on how did they put this presentation together the choreography and that's that just go with it factor where you're like uh i don't there's no way in hell they could pull this off at all but i don't care this is fun i just want to look at this and enjoy it and be along for the ride i want to be in the audience in that auditorium with the kids and cheering and laughing and that's the thing again with the device of the phone booth you know, how many people, I count, I think there's, they get nine of them in total into that booth, including Bill and Ted, right? Because you've got Socrates, Billy the Kid, yeah. Joan of Arc, Abraham Lincoln, Genghis Khan, Beethoven, who am I missing? Did I say Joan of Arc already? Anyway, there's nine of them. Freud. Freud, sick, thank you. So it's like, there's no way they'd all fit in that phone booth. That's got to be the biggest phone booth of all time. But no. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> and that's what was smart about how they started the film off. Where it's just like, oh, this is just going to be goofy. There is a really silly aspect to this movie. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous movie. And you just, you're like, oh, perfect. I don't want to think for an hour and a half. You know, I do not want to think. I just want to lean back and 
feel good. Yeah, the phone book, the, uh, the phone book, the phone booth is a is a great device. Yeah, especially that all they they have the the antenna on top, which provides an obstacle throughout the movie. You know, when it breaks, and then they got to use gum to put it together. You know, it's just kind of <laughs> silly and stupid. And then, yeah, I love. I agree with Bill. Tight, you know, punching in the date uh, the, or the year on the on the dial pad. You know, to dial up the actual year they want to travel to. I mean, it's traveling through time circuits and. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all great. It's all good. When they are in England with the princesses, that whole mm-hmm. time, I just have always been a big medieval English fan, and so seeing that and the because that was with the whole put them in the Iron Maiden, and they're like, oh, the Iron Maiden. <laughs> so, what about you, Ashley? So I have I have two that I just thought were really funny. So. I like the Abe Lincoln one where he's being questioned, you know, by whoever he's telling them, oh, I'm Abraham Lincoln, blah, 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 born on this date and just not believable at all for um, the guy that he's talking to. And I I was born on the same date as Abe Lincoln. So that's why I just really enjoyed that interaction. But also the the scene in in the beginning where the parents come in and like this well like the stepmom and they're like getting the you know bill and ted out of the room so that they can use the room i'm just like what the hell (laughs) what is going on here i just thought that was hysterical so (laughs) yeah i was just going to point out too with that particular the stepmom and this is hilarious the character of missy because that's one of my favorite quotes in the film is when they're in mm-hmm. Bill's bedroom and she comes in to give them some little like finger food or whatever it is. And you see Bill staring at his stepmom with just <laughs> jaw dropped, you know, mouth open. And Ted's like, dude, that's your mom. <laughs> that's just the best. It's so ridiculous. But as Bill and I like to do is we kind of go, hey, it's that actor. And because we recognize someone in the film from either, you know, maybe a character actor or lesser known actor, not a household name that's, you know, in a lot of other 80s movies. And there she is. That's Missy. That's Amy Stock, the actress who uh, played Kim in Summer School, which uh, we covered on our podcast. And uh, she's great. But I have a question for you both. Here we go. This is a, not really a deep question, but uh, what famous historical figure <laughs> no longer living would you go back in time to meet? Or if you want to even think of it in... That is a pretty deep question, though. (laughs) Yeah, within this framework, what famous historical figure would you think you would get along with the best that you'd just maybe want to have a beer with? Ashley, do you have one in mind already? This might take me a minute to think through. (laughs) Um... Oh my gosh, no. Um, it's okay, guys, because I was asking the same question to myself and I couldn't. I was like, I should, if I'm going to ask this question, I should come up with an answer. And it took me forever. And I was just thinking, like, for myself, because I was always fascinated with uh, flight and space travel, I would probably go back to hang out with the Wright brothers and be there that day, like in Kitty Hawk, when they did, know. you know, had their first flight, or maybe have a sit down with Neil Armstrong and be like, hey, man, so. You were on the moon. What was that like? <laughs> you know? Like, let's have a beer and talk yeah. about that. It's, this is going to be kind of weird, but I've always thought it would be interesting. One of my favorite 80s movies is actually Princess Bride. And yeah. I know in, in a sense, he's probably not really considered a historical figure. But after listening to Carrie's 
autobiography on uh, Audible, just how he was talking about Andre the Giant. He just seemed like such a insanely cool person to be around and just fun. They got him like a little, uh, well, not really a little, but a four-wheeler to ride around and everything. And like Carrie had hurt his foot messing around in between scenes because Andre was just like, you know you want to ride it, you know you want to ride it. And um, just him also being a wrestler too. I, again, grew up we watching some of his old stuff um, with my brothers. And so probably Andre the Giant would be who, off the top of my head, would be my my pick. Great answer. Yeah. We can circle back around to me. I'm yeah, still thinking. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to... It's a tough one. Yeah, this is that's the kind of question I should have uh, like put in some notes beforehand, you know, like prep you guys not to just spring it on you. Uh, I love it. I love it. Here, I, here's another just a question for you, because another segment we'd like to do is uh, we I'd like to have a little fun with the movie we're covering as far as maybe poking some holes uh and uh filing some complaints filing some issues we might have did you have anything that just did not work for you in this movie like you're just going you know you don't have to be nice just because we're on this podcast and we're grateful to be here but there's just something you're watching this going uh this movie's dumb (laughs) i'm gonna have to say probably the scene with the brother and napoleon at the like ice cream shop and everything that kind of i don't know for me for some reason that scene just kind of was like what and then kind of doing some reading and you know how everybody likes to point like poke holes and in anything that has any historical uh, relevance that napoleon they had napoleon acting like he had never seen ice cream before but it had actually been introduced 200 years before napoleon was even born in his um area and everything and so that's where it's kind of like okay like i i get where they're going for like to showing him new things and everything but that and then just i guess also with the the brother and the two friends just ditching him i'm like come on guys like he doesn't know where the hell he is and he doesn't speak english and you guys are just gonna ditch him i that's that's probably like my big issue with that film is like come on like i get it they're kids so it is what kids would do but as an adult i'm like i'm disappointed in that (laughs) for me i think it really just the big picture of they were basically kidnapping these people like that to me in certain situations and stuff it was like that's not okay like we just disregard that fact (laughs) right basically that's what the movie wanted you to do but you're like wait a second no but what if something were to happen then they're basically just screwing up the whole timeline of history because now these people have been put into a modernized world and then they're gonna supposedly go back to where they came from how does that not affect things later on i don't know (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's a couple things too when you, you watch a movie from back in the day and you're like, oh boy, yeah, this this wouldn't fly today. This uh, wouldn't hold up or wouldn't get by the sensors. Uh, it's just not okay. There's the one obvious, uh, there's a uh, gay slur in the film, which I really cringed at. I was like, oh, right. I saw it coming too. And I was like, oh, that's right. Oh, that's not good. And, you know, a lot of us will just go, oh, it's the 80s. It's still not acceptable. But that was a sign of the times, unfortunately. And then Uh whenever Billy the Kid pulls out his pistol and fires it in a public place, again, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, that's not, especially, you know, I think he does it once and when he get, they get on the ice rink maybe, uh, but also then at the end when, yeah, in the mall. Yeah, right. and then and Socrates then, is behind him with like a water gun or something also, like yes. doing the same thing. <laughs> like, oh no, I, oh, that's right. It is in the mall because I wrote down, oh yeah, everybody would be running and screaming in terror and yeah. that's yeah. no bueno. And then at the very end when he's trying to get the attention uh, during the oral history or the uh, presentation at the end in the auditorium when he fires it again and shoots out one of the overhead lights. And you're like, oh, yeah, again, in an auditorium full of people. Oof, not good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I do think with being able to watch it and understand that those are not good situations, but then also reminding ourselves this is the movie. It is. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, not real life (laughs) that we're able to still enjoy that and not let things get too out of hand. And just again, remember, it's a movie. It's it's a script that was written. I do like going back on a lot of these different movies and watching. And yes, understanding that that would not fly today by any means, but you can still enjoy the feelings you had when originally watching that and reminiscing on that. Yeah, I, well said. Uh, I was also going to mention, too, you know, he's, everybody was young on this shoot uh, just to get into. I don't know how much time we want to spend on like behind the scenes and trivia and whatnot, but it was fun listening to Alex Winter on the podcast. I listened to here some behind the scenes and just how young everybody was because Alex Winter was around 21, 22, same with Keanu Reeves. I think he was 22. Wow. The end, they didn't even know because when you're that young, anybody that's older than you by five years or so, you're like, Oh, that person's so old. And the director, Stephen Herrick was only 27 (laughs) when he directed this film. And I was looking at Stephen Herrick's filmography, and I had no idea that he had done Critters previous to this, which is a cult classic, uh, like, horror comedy. Yeah. And then you get, here we go, into the early 90s, Don't Tell uh, Mom the Babysitter's Dead in 91, another cult favorite. And then I was listening to your very podcast here at 90s Noise, listening to your podcast on My Girl, and I forget which one of you had mentioned this particular film, which was impactful. In 1993, The Three Musketeers, which I happen to be a big fan of. Great cast and a great score by Michael Kamen and had that big song, the uh, All for One, which you get Rod Stewart and Sting and uh, Brian Adams all on the same track. And as soon as you mentioned the Three Musketeers, I was singing that song out loud in my car. I'm going, yeah, Three Musketeers (laughs) in 1993, directed by Stephen Herrick, who directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, I just wanted to make that longer connection. 
yeah, just a little tidbit on Three Musketeers because that was a massively impactful movie to me. Um, I saw it in theaters when I was two for my brother's birthday, and that's all I wanted for Christmas that year. And I actually got to meet um, Kiefer Sutherland uh, a couple years ago at Megacon, and I waited four hours in his line to meet him, and I had my one of my copies of Three Musketeers with me and that was my, what I wanted signed and he was so nice and everything and I told him um, a little story that I'll save for our episode when we do Three Musketeers but it was just that movie was such a huge thing for me and it's I'm a little disappointed at how few people actually know it and the fact that you actually brought it up is just incredible. I didn't realize I was the same director. And that is just even more insane. Oh, that's awesome. You said you, that was Kiefer Sutherland you said you met at the convention? Yes. Yeah, I, yes. I met him very briefly years ago outside of a bar. I, I uh, gave him a light for a cigarette. Couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been cooler. And then he went on to have a full-on oh conversation gosh. with another friend of wow. mine. And this was in the middle of his uh, 24 run. Uh, so while he was doing that oh, show, yes. Jack Bauer. Yeah, did I, I was hoping I got that. Is it All for One or All for Love? <laughs> is that the name of the track from Three Musketeers? It's uh, All for Love. Okay, thank you. Because You're the expert. in the movie, they say All for One. This was is, is like one of my all-time favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get that right life. for your um, sake, if anything else. Definitely a, a great connection knowing that now. And I'm, I'm one of those people that actually knows this. I'll be like finding some somebody in the movie and like then connecting them to something else um for reference i'll do that with like directors too um especially because i i like keeping track of directors that i like and now that kind of makes sense some of the the timings for the comedic timings that were in bill and ted kind of reminded me a little bit of a couple of the comedic timings in Three Musketeers and having the same director, that makes a little bit more sense now. All right, you guys. Well, I think we've got, we've talked a lot about this and kind of did some other discussions too, which we're always good with. We, we always enjoy other topics, um, circling back to what we start with. We both want to thank you both so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun to talk to both of you guys and get your guys' take on Bill and Ted from when it first came out and rewatching it now and sitting down and discussing everything with us. This has been great. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it and getting mm -hmm. to talk to each of you. Yeah. Watch the second second two just to see how this uh, story all wraps up and um, just when I do the pod I usually watch the movies by myself, and this is really one of the first ones I've had one of my kids. Otter enjoyed it, too, and, you know, this was way before she was even born and didn't understand half the stuff that was going figures. The only one she knew was Abraham Lincoln, because she hasn't learned any of that stuff yet. So I was like, hey, you might be ahead of the game now, you know. So thanks for uh, allowing me to do a little little bonding time there. And I was like, all right, I got to get my kids to watch more of these movies with me before we we do our our episodes just to see what they think and get their feel of it too yeah i love that i love being able because i i was honestly kind of concerned too about the movie like how it holds up now and does the younger generation really understand it is it something that they would ever watch regardless of who's in it so it is nice to hear that your daughter really did 
kind of not fully understand it, but understood it enough to where she enjoyed it. And hopefully it'll be something that as she gets a bit older, we'll go back and rewatch again to hopefully maybe understand other parts of it that she didn't quite grasp this time around. So that's really, really cool. I think that can be overlooked the first go around because you get that first impression of them. We're like, uh, but they're, they're amazing friends. And I think that's the big gist of the movie is just that excellent relationship and friendship with someone and just living your life and having fun, really. And that's what I love about this movie. Thank you, Bill and Jason, for joining us. And we look forward to hearing your guys' podcast, other um, episodes in the future. And maybe we can definitely reconnect and take a walk down memory lane on another one. Maybe we, maybe the next one. Maybe we, we touch base on the uh, second one. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. With another edition of, oh shit, I forgot that. We talked about this on the episode, but unfortunately we had some like, audio video translation issues where Bill's audio video didn't come out. So we're going to discuss this again because it just didn't make sense in the original because it was just me talking to myself. So <laughs> it was just, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> Why are you talking to yourself, Ashley? I'm I know, like, right? I'm like, guys, listen to this. And everyone's just like, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> so basically about the Bill and Ted Halloween adventure that they did at Halloween Horror Nights. Did you say you ever went to Halloween Horror Nights? Never went to Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, we talked about it when we were over in Orlando, but had never mm-hmm. gotten there. But this, I think, went on before we even moved down to Florida. Mm, yeah. So this one that I went to was in 2015. But yeah, so when I was looking it up about it, and I think this was only for, which is weird, the California one, because obviously they do it, you know, in California and Orlando, because the Orlando one went on until I think 2020, but the California one got basically canceled, I think in 2013 was maybe the last year they did it. And there were was a lot of backlash and controversy about a lot of the racial slurs and homophobic homophobic comic comments and the skits and stuff that they were doing with you know because their skits are all about like pop culture and they always bring in sort of things that are relevant um that year and they just sort of play off of that and whatnot and it's really cheesy it's really ridiculous just like the movie but it's whatever you know it's a fun time so this was this wasn't a house this was a show that they did right right? yeah yeah, exactly. Kind of like um, the Beetlejuice the, thing, like the Beetlejuice, Indiana Jones, just kind of like a okay. performance that they put on and they have all these different um, like Bill and Ted and then a bunch of other like characters that are there. And they just honestly, I don't remember what the one I watched, what that one was about at all. But yeah, it was interesting looking back at it and and reading about how people were so offended by it and they were really just saying how not okay it was which is how society is nowadays and and I get it some of the things are a little bit okay like why are we why are we talking about that or why are we making jokes about it and stuff because I I was just looking there's like an there's a I pulled up an article about it and there there's a scene where a sharknado appears 
and Kim Jong, okay, I'm going to butcher his name, Kim Jong Young <laughs> comes to the <laughs> stage to explain that the Sharknado came into existence as a result of Kristen Stewart sucking his dick too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's the kind of stuff that they were talking about and saying, and it was just, it was crude, it was ridiculous, but yeah. it was a part of Halloween Horror Nights where if you were not wanting to go wait in lines for houses or doing that kind of stuff you could just go and sit for a little bit and watch the show and have some laughs and just be like whatever yeah <laughs> well I don't know like part of me it gets this whole woke culture and offended at ease at everything is a little too much I guess again people are like trying to change history because of it and I like our country went through a bad time with different things like the civil war all that all that jazz right but it happened it's it's not something that I think really yes we need to learn from it and not continue to do so but it's there's differences between like entertainment purposes and I that's one reason why I have trouble going to things anymore mm -hmm. because it's just so oh can't say this can't do that can't 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 smile at the wrong time can't all this kind of thing and that's I think part of the reason why going back doing 90 doing our podcast here it's we are looking at it different with different lenses but it's also kind of just going back to where there wasn't those issues necessarily uh, yeah it wasn't everything you had to watch what you said because oh I might offend mm -hmm. one person in this room type deal and I don't know I think for entertainment purposes it is it's entertainment like you have to understand that it's it's not gonna please everybody and so that's my two cents on that no yeah okay I was wrong it was there was a lot of backlash over the 2013 season but then they eventually canceled its 26 year run 26 years following the 2017 series season I don't know yeah That's... and then they were like oh people are just it can't say stuff anymore it, it, yeah I just kind of I'm, I don't know what they replaced it with but it's it does suck though because they forgot what year the the one they just made came out I think it was like 2020 yeah I think so so it would have been interesting them having a another play on it because of that movie coming out but they canceled it before that even got to have its that sucks it really does because damn damn society <laughs> but then also going back to Jason and his question that <laughs> I never circled back around to me to get to because didn't he ask about what what was his question that he had asked again like who would you want to have like go have a beer with or something oh okay like what historical figure you would want to have I think yeah I think it was something along that lines and now I'm thinking about the question and I was gonna come up with a response to it oh that's right because you were I couldn't were think like, on the spot like, I'm like that I'm not, was really intense I, I don't know at this moment and then we went um, off another tangent and then I think we yeah <laughs> another tangent those those fun tangents yeah, I, I think you said Andre I said. the Giant oh that's right yeah 
Yeah, because it was like, a who would we want to have a beer with or something? It's like, yeah, definitely him. Well, I don't know if it's really like he would be considered like a historical figure. He is in my eyes, but I was going to say, after thinking mm-hmm. about it a little bit, I was going to say Robin Williams. Like, who wouldn't want to sit down yeah. and have a dinner and a beer and all that kind of fun stuff and just chat about life with Robin? Like, that that oh, yeah. would be amazing. So that would be my response. <laughs> I'm not really big into historical figures in a sense where going back to the 19th century or whatever, where, you know, like a lot of the characters that were in Bill and Ted, like Joan of Arc and all kinds of, none of those really, I've never really been, I love history, but I've never really been big on that aspect of it where any one character was like, oh, I love them. Like, I can't even remember doing like school projects to where... I think I always hated that having to do school projects and finding a historical person where you had to, you know, do a report on or whatever, and then go research them. And Mm -hmm. the only person that I remember doing a project like that on was Abraham Lincoln. Like I kind of had to like being born on the same date as him and everything. He was the one that I would always gravitate towards. And like, if I had to do any sort of history project, I would always try to pick him. (laughs) Yeah. I had done uh, Ferdinand Magellan because mm. it was we we had to pick and nobody no one no two people could do the same person mm. yeah and so it was I mean of course everybody wanted like George Washington mm. Abraham yeah. Lincoln all those people and so it's like okay <laughs> who the fuck can I because I think we did it by like last names or something oh, and how we shit like, yeah. how we got to pick. Mm-hmm. And my last name was Smith at the time. So I was towards the end. So I got, I had to just come up with somebody, oh. but it was actually really interesting. Cause like, uh, since I had picked Ferdinand Magellan, then when, uh, whoa, a couple of years ago or whatever, the, um, Uncharted mm-hmm. movie came out based on the game mm. and it was talking about Magellan's oh, really? gold and stuff and everything. I was like, I full know circle. Like, I, <laughs> Thanks, history yeah, class. I was like, I, re- <laughs> I remember that shit. That's like, hilarious. That was drilled cool. into me. I love that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Hmm. So I have to ask because we don't really do them when we do collabs, but I did want to ask a, a this or that question. So, okay. Back to the Future or Bill and Ted? and talking more so about the um like transportation device like what they use to like time travel in a sense (laughs) okay okay so if we're going on that I would probably go with DeLorean okay from back to the future that would be way more just because it was a little badass comfortable comfortable (laughs) not trying to fit a million people in (laughs) Uh, telephone booth but yeah I would I would have to go with uh back to the future with the transportation device it's funny because we we're watching the new season of the Mandalorian and Doc uh-huh. is actually in an episode and we were like he looks familiar he sounds familiar oh shit Mr. from mm-hmm. like it's Doc like he's in there it's so funny okay. it's hilarious I okay okay you're you're gonna Alex will like that because I'll <laughs> make me to where I want to watch that episode. Just that episode. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm kind also of also Jack Black is in it and Lizzo. It's kind of like a a 
big cast and just in that episode so it's it's kind of cool it's kind of funny to, to see them all because you're like wait a second jack what like, it's it's funny <laughs> i know you're like wait where is the like, plot going with this <laughs> where why okay well that'll be interesting we'll have to probably yeah. watch that later today or something because he's been he he's been craving like watching the list like i think he's two episodes behind mm-hmm. or something and so i just i i can't i'm not I'm, a big i'm so fan of it i'm so for star wars in a sense yeah. like i i'm good with like the attack of the clones and the was it the revenge of sith or something mm-hmm. the yeah the two with hayden christian exactly yeah those i'm good those with, are bearable yeah but... i can i can i can watch them <laughs> yeah but it's just getting a little like i'm too confused too confused there's, there's too much going so on so much going on it's so confusing i have i have no clue i'm just kind of event- i every so often i'll just like tune in a little bit Mm-hmm. But then I'm just like, eh, I don't know what's yeah. going on. <laughs> well, that's all I got. 